This is the NPR opening. You are in the Grotto Pod. Are you really doing it right now? I am in the Grotto Pod. Bridget Quinn is in the Grotto Pod. Welcome to the Grotto Pod NPR version. Ooh, I, you sound a little bit um, brain suggestive. dead. Suggest, I feel like I'm suggesting. Are you trying to seduce me from across the? Of course not. Of course not. I would never do that. <laughs> okay, today, I know you wouldn't. Today, our guest is. I feel like I should introduce Pete Schwetty, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Natalie Basile is our guest today. Oh my God! Yeah. Exciting. Need to be taken a little seriously because this is the first time someone in the Grotto Pod has broken bread with Oprah. That we know of. That's true. That we know of. Yeah, there but may this be is other verifiable Oprah. for sure. No, for I mean, sure. She is within the world of royalty right now. Yeah. And, but, and what's, what Natalie brings to us sort of, uh, it's really a classic overnight success story in that, that took it 20 took years. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it appears it's, it's, to be an overnight success. Right. First time author. Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar. Novel. Novel. You may have heard the name Queen Sugar, the title. Because? Because it is a television show produced by Ava DuVernay, who is the biggest thing in Hollywood right now. Uh, uh, what was the movie? She just released a movie uh, that's really Wrinkle huge. in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. With Oprah in it. With Oprah. And um, Natalie, Natalie was working on Queen Sugar when I first came to the grotto. Um, and had been working on it for a while, and she when it happened, on that for the better part of a decade, didn't some, she? Yeah, we need to hear the whole yeah, whole story. Yeah. But something like that. I mean, she also had two kids and a and life. And it was a and, fluky yeah. deal where she was uh, was she workshopping it. She was or? at Hedbrook, which is a you know conference, I mm-hmm. guess, or a retreat, and was yeah reading one evening, and there was I think an Oprah producer yeah. there. So it was someone from Harpo. Yeah, I think so. And then they had a connection to her book. So when it came out uh, a few years later... I think, actually, I was reading about this because I do a little research on our guests. Look at you. So I think that that all happened before the book was published. Oh, no, it was. That's what I'm saying. A few yeah. years later when it when came out. Came. Yeah, it was like 2009. She was like on their radar somehow. Um, I think the book was optioned before it was published is what I'm saying. I think that it was always going to oh. be like... Oh, really? Oh, yes. I did not, I did not get, get that, that We will find that out from what? Natalie Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So. You're saying that she, the book was optioned by Oprah before it had a publisher? No, I'm oh. saying it was optioned before it actually hit the streets. Oh, that might be true. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then, I mean, I, I hate to say the rest is history, but kind of the rest is history. So, But the cool thing I think is going to be finding out, I think if you were someone whose first novel hit like that... That changes the game. And it. Yeah, I mean, not only does it hit in the sense that Oprah decides to make it into a TV show, but Ava DuVernay becomes the producer. Right. And then she hires all women directors to produce right. episodes, and then it becomes a hit series. So your little book becomes a little bit more than just a story okay. about some people. It becomes a cultural phenomenon, which right. it has. And that's when you start showing up, getting interviewed in Vanity Fair. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which is, which is weird. And one of the crazy things about the San Francisco Writers Grotto, which we are part of and are now sitting in, is that these people move among us. I know. But okay, here's the thing about Natalie, though, is that she's one of those people. I mean, I hate to be that person, but she's very beautiful. And when you see her in Vanity Fair, you think like, oh, she's 
but probably took like lots of makeup artists and no. styling and no. no she just looks like that so here's the thing about maybe not natalie but the grotto she's also one of those people who i talked to for 10 minutes oh you're natalie right you oh, know. I know. She's not saying I went she to Harvard. Didn't blow into like the room and five seconds of talking to her. I feel like no one here really does that. They don't. Lily Lefcott Hames certainly doesn't do that, though she does have presence. Right. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of super cool people here. Like at lunch, did yeah. you notice that just um, now at lunch? Yeah, that yeah. Caroline Paul was like offhandedly talking about being on Tim Ferriss's podcast, which that's like millions. Yeah, of I, downloads. yeah, I noticed that they were talking about podcasts you could go on. To get your, <laughs> She's like, like oh, yeah, I was on Tim. <laughs> right next, sitting right next to you. Um, but that's okay. She <laughs> is coming, coming on. on. She is coming pod. on. And that's why she's awesome and why, like everyone we know at the Grotto is awesome, because they would go from Vanity Fair to the, to grotto, the grotto Pod. pod. Where it's a the closet. It is. got to open the door and say to Natalie, here's hey, the closet. Hey, come on in the closet with us. <laughs> it's sort of reverse San Francisco thing. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you, did you know, it's always, it's always working. Maybe yeah. we should go get it. I'm, I'm happy to have risen above the NPR beginning of this Intro. Although I, I could bring you sound it, kind of. I could bring it back. Slick. I could, well, you know, I do a lot of these podcasts, and I'm starting to get kind of slick. If if there are people out there who have not yet listened to your other podcast, is it good for oh. the Jews? You do have a very good voice. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a lot of crossover. I think I have at least one listener who does both. Is that me? No, two <laughs> okay. listeners who do both. Okay, you don't, you don't actually listen to this one, though, do you? Of course. Oh, do you? You yeah, listen yeah, yeah. to them? Because I usually, I, you know, I listen to them when I'm editing. Because though. you have to. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I am a little horrified almost every time mm. because um, I won't go into why. Because you sound like you're from Orange County. I sound like I'm from Orange County. I think I sound a little more Dude. Pollyanna-ish than I am as a person. Interesting. I get, I'll have to pay attention I to that. Get, like, excitable I get like because excitable <laughs> because I'm excited because I well, really you know, like books and I like good. talking about writing and I get like all amped up and then I sound like a I sound like a valley girl which sucks but I also sound <laughs> like a brainless cheerleader which I guess That's I am but I don't think of myself that way so it's a little bit I of an existential reckoning when I listen. I can understand. See, if you're a brainless cheerleader, you would have said existential reckoning. You would say, it uh, totally freaks me out. <laughs> That's I enough. say that too. That's enough about us. So let's go True. get Natalie. I know she's here. Natalie. I saw her walking classily. She was wearing the, a down, elegantly through the uh, hallway. <laughs> she was wearing a down jacket, and I said, uh, "Be sure to leave that in your office." <laughs> ah, hashtag me too. All right, you're <laughs> in for a treat now. That. <laughs> let's go get her. Okay. Welcome to the Grotto Pod. Thank you, guys. That always sounds like I'm going to start grilling them. <laughs> Do you ever have those dreams where there's a secret room in your house? Uh, I have had those dreams. I had one of those dreams. Did, uh, did it look like this? Ago. It did not look like this. <laughs> but I feel like the Grotto Pond's a little like that. Like, yeah. you maybe never knew this room was here. Yeah, this is kind of like the room of, requ- of requirement. <laughs> it's a little like that. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's the I room of pokey styrofoam. So, Natalie, we were talking during the intro, which started out with greatest of intentions. And devolved from there. As it that you does. are kind of a classic overnight success in that it took <laughs> 20 years? How long would you say? <laughs> oh, Lord, don't even make me count. Uh, it, yeah, probably 20. All said and done, probably 20 years. And that is usually how most overnight successes work. Um, I guess we did say we were going to do some bio stuff, so let's start with those 20 years. Okay. Because as, as Bridget was saying in the intro and, and to you earlier, you know, a lot of writers do listen, and 
to hear your story would give them not only inspiration, mm. but a little shot of reality, too. Yeah. This oh, is how it that's works. That's well said, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> I have it in my notes, but I don't want to look at them. Do you, did you get an MFA? I don't remember. I did. Oh, yes, and Warren yeah. Wilson. That's I right. I got an, uh, an MFA from Warren Wilson. Uh, Which is a low residency program. Right. Why did you choose Carolina? that? Because I had so much of my life that I'd already started. Yep. You know, I was married. I had two kids. Uh, my husband is an attorney here in San Francisco, so... So tons of free time, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> well, and he wasn't going to pick up and, you know, yeah. move, move to, North to Iowa, to North Carolina or <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So, no, that was really the only choice. Well, two questions. And what, other than, you know, having two kids and, and being married in what were you doing? And Mm -hmm. what made you decide, I think I'll go the writing route? Because we've had other people, Julie uh, Lithcott-Hames. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got this. Life is chugging along. And she's got like a giant career and pivots. 90 degree turn. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So what was your story? Uh, Well, mine was a little bit different in that I had a whole other life before I was writing. Mm -hmm. I worked um, in a family business for 11 years. What was right the, when I got out of college. What was the business? It was aluminum distribution. Sexy. Wow. Yes, really sexy and really awful. <laughs> great for my dad, but not so great for me. Yeah. I, I'm impressed that you went into the family business like, because that's a, that's a scary idea a little bit. You know, I think for me it was a, a combination of a couple things. First of all, I'm the oldest of two girls. And so um, I'm the loyal daughter. Yeah. You know, and was the birth that, order thing. Yeah. Definitely. And was that narrative in place when you were young? Pretty much. You know, I remember being about 13, and really, I wanted to be a foreign war correspondent. Oh, my god. That was really my calling. (laughs) And then I asked my dad one day, you know, it was like Sunday after church, this kind of thing, and I said, you know, what do you think I should do? And he said, you should be in sales. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. Soul killer. Yes. Mm. And then he said, as a matter of fact, you should come and work for me. And he had started wow. this business selling aluminum for the aerospace and aircraft industry. And so, which sounds like kind of lucrative, that, uh, I gotta say. Los Angeles area? It was in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so, overnight, I dropped this dream of writing, doing something writing related. And from then until, you know, 11 years after I graduated from college, I was doing this family business thing. And how, how meaningful was that to him? He was very proud. He was very yeah. proud of, of the fact that his, you know, his daughter was going to take it over. I was so, <laughs> I was so unhappy. I hated it. So I was going to ask if, if the fact that it was a family business that you sort of fell into, did that make it easier to pivot? And it sounds like you might have been looking to get out. I was looking to get out six months after I started, mm. honestly. Oh, my gosh. It that just makes me, me feel long. so sad because 11 years is a long time. 11 years is a when lifetime. When you're young, especially. makes you feel like you're a good daughter. It's... All of a sudden, that's not enough. Yeah, that's I, not I, enough. I but I do think it's something that struggle. can be that can be acknowledged. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was he was really happy that I was there, but I knew it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But I stuck with it, you know, for eleven years, and then one day looked up and thought, "Oh my God, it's been yeah. 11, eleven years. years. I yeah. this is not me. I better get out of here. I'm in my 30s. So that's yes." And, and did you like call like, your girlfriends? Did you say to your husband, "We were already married"? Are you like I was I'm married. Make this giant change. Yeah, I was married. Uh, we had two kids by that point. Wow, this was ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. And, and it's in, I and like, I got to get out of here. From the long view, awesome. it probably looked like you were killing it. 
Well, yeah. I you mean, you know, from the outside, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. in this family business. It, she's it's, she's going to take it over couple. one day. Yeah. She's I was so job. unhappy. Did you I get to see your yeah. father every day? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just asking. My father and my mother. When I ask that, though, I think of the shoe on the other foot. Oh, how much mm-hmm. they would love it. To have the opportunity to see. I'd probably yes. fight with my child every day if I saw him. But mm-hmm. in the end, like, oh, I got to see him every day right. for 11 years. Right, right. No, I mean, it, you know, there were some aspects of it that were great. Um, so right in that moment, that you're like, good. my soul is dying. My soul's dying. Um, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I will have regrets. Yes, definitely. I'm going to be a writer. Definitely. Or was it one thing and then a gap and then writer? No, it was... Well, during that 11 years, mm-hmm. I actually tried to quit twice, Yeah, and they pulled me back again. I know. Just when I, I thought I was out. It was horrible. Had you been active writing at all in those 11 years? Yeah, I would go home and write. I would write oh, on so the weekends. You're totally I would write. I would, yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I just, but it was at the margins of my life, right. not in the center. But of my did life. you show it to anyone? Were you active no. in any kind of a community? No, just well, no, not for a long time. And then when I finally pulled the plug on the family business, I was like, oh man, I better get to it. And that summer, I met a, a friend. Um, I met a woman from New York who was moving to LA, and she told me about this writing, um, like a workshop at Santa Monica City College. And I started going to that, so taught by Jim Caruso. If you uh, if you're in L.A., you know him. How hard was and it to go that first time? <clears throat> it was terrifying. Nervous, yeah. It was terrifying. So the scary. whole thing was just. But you know what? I also felt like oh, these are my people. Mm. Yeah, you I'm know. In the right place. And finally, I'm doing the thing that that I really wanted to do. So, so from the very beginning, you were like, I made the right decision. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Absolutely, and I'll tell you one one other thing. So I've been wringing my hands about this, you know. Oh, I want to write, but I can't. Oh, I want to write, but uh. And then this guy, his name was Ramon Bonin. He was like a client of my dad's. I was whining to him one day, and he said, "Natalie, make your decision and chart your course." And he was just like matter of fact about it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And that's that's really. When I thought, okay, I better make this work. And, and your parents' response when you told them I'm out? By the time I actually told them. They're like, get out. <laughs> they were like, stop complaining. How do your mopey face it. around here all Well, day. yeah, I mean, by, you know, I, I've been miserable for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were they were about as ready to see me go as I was ready to go. Okay, I don't want to jump ahead, jump ahead, yeah. but a lot of Queen Sugar is about a family business. This yes, is true. That is out. true. It was a plantation. That is true. There's that little thread. So yes. even though it's in a yeah. whole different part of the country and a whole different mm-hmm. culture, something, I mean. Something got planted in your head. Yeah. But yeah. also, yeah. that's maybe part of what makes it work. It's like, you know what it's like. Absolutely. Well, I was going to ask, too, when you were writing on the side or just mm-hmm. secretly writing, what were you writing about? You know, um, I, w- I had some short stories that I was stories. writing. I was really trying so to write always short fiction. stories. Always fiction. Mm. Oh, no. Always fiction. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I love nonfiction. I love you fiction. No, no, it's okay. I'm fine. I was just I'm terrified. Fine. I was just terrified to, to do anything. I felt like yeah. it's taking all of my energy yeah. just to learn how to do this, yeah. you know? Did you, were you an English major in college? I was. Did, so, so you were trained somewhat. Yes. And as a matter of fact, the first time I left my family business and went back to school, I went and got a master's in Afro-American literature. Oh, no way. Because so I you thought, really left and were dragged back. Yes. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yes. I, I really like tried to break left. out yeah. and was dragged back. But that time I thought, well, I don't have the guts to say I'm a writer, but I do have the guts to say I'm going to be an English professor. Dude, I lived this myself. Yes. The exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. And then I was sitting in a class, this graduate class, and I was thinking, I don't want to, s- nothing against 
academics. academics. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to spend my whole life writing critical theory of mm-hmm. other people's work. I want to write the work. That's exactly so exactly what happened to me. Yeah. See, you yeah. know that feeling. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it is hard to leave a place like UCLA or in my case, NYU. I was at UCLA, yes. And where it's a kind of like, I'm getting my ticket punched. I've done right. all the right things. I can see the trajectory. I know I'll have an okay situation. Yes. And an yes. ounce I'll of have respectability. My <laughs> yeah, my summer's free. An ounce of respectability. Yes. Turning your back on that seems insane. Yes, it's true. <laughs> you know why I tried to be a teacher? I got a master's in teaching. Did I taught you? for three years, high school. I just wanted an easy answer when people yes. ask, what do you do? Yes, yes. I'm a high and the writing school teacher. Thing is hard. Oh. oh, yeah. What, and writing what you, is hard. What do you write? It's unclear, what do you it's unclear you how to do. Like, what? Right. Like, yes, I'm writing in my room. Right. But yeah. what? How, what's the next step? What does right? that look now? like? Right. Right. And it's only real to you. Oh, it's entirely. only real to right. you. Entirely. Nobody else can see the well, story that you're right. imagining in right. your head. And, and it's definitely something, when you choose it as a vocation, it's very hard to quantify to people who haven't chosen it as a vocation. Absolutely. What have I seen? Absolutely. You, you kind of have it easy now. Because <laughs> you can point to a non, non-book. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I have a funny story for you, although it's one of those stories that's like a little tiny bit writer heartbreaking. Okay. But I met someone whose wife went to high school with you. Oh, my God. Um, I'm totally telling tales right okay. now. And he says to me, like, oh, my wife's high school friend is a writer. She wrote something queeny something um and uh but he was talking about it literally like chick lit and i was like are you talking about queen sugar and he goes oh yeah that's it yeah yeah natalie i think her name is i'm like that is a huge book that is a i went through this whole thing but like people who are yeah they have no concept i mean he he was like a he's a banking guy sure and i mean queen sugar you know major major cultural phenomenon mm. is in his mind like a chiclet yes. book written by <laughs> no. his wife's high school lines. friends. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. I get that all the time. I don't mean to be I don't mean to be this guy. I don't, yeah, don't do like it. this guy, but yeah. I used to write about real estate for the examiner. That was my beat. Okay. So I got to go in a lot of houses and I decided the nicer the house, the worse the books. Ah, At a certain point you got to yes. where there were only business books and self help books. Yeah. And that was Hillsborough. <laughs> Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, it is hard. It is hard to it's choose hard. that route. On the other hand, sometimes you get to hobnob with really cool people. Right. So We're not going to get to that. Yet. Oh, I know. I can't. I got to jump ahead. <laughs> so I'm curious. When you made the switch, uh-huh. um, was it easier for you because you already had your husband worked and you had the family? In case it failed, you could go uh-huh. back to the family business a right. third time. Right. Right. It wasn't. A leap that could end in failure, a homeless catastrophe. shelter. Yeah, catastrophe. Yeah. Um. Yes and no. You know, I still had to try to make a living. Yes, I mean, right. my husband was very supportive, and he was like, "Do this thing. You've been talking about it forever." But my makeup is still one where I have to know that you know, like the expenses are covered, and right, right. you know, you know. So right. it was a. It, I won't lie. It was a white knuckle ride. Yeah. You know, I felt like if I do this, it can't cost me anything. When did it stop you know? being a white knuckle ride? It's still a white knuckle ride. I know. I know. a leading question. Yeah, no, it still is. It still yeah. is. But, that, but what you just said, it can't cost me anything. It can't cost I, me anything. That is the part that is, feels like roulette, if that's the right yes. way of saying it. It's like you're casting your pearls um, yes. and mixing all kinds of metaphors. And you're really outlaying a lot of money, even yes. if it's that you're not making money for however long it takes well, you to write the book. It's scary. And it's what scary. makes it a unique spot if you do have a spouse who makes a decent living <sighs> is... 
there's sort of a layer of guilt, like absolutely. Okay, I'm working as hard as you, right. but I'm actually right. costing us money. Right? No, that's totally that's true. Horrible feeling. That's totally true. Larry has a great line. Which, oh, just because there's no money doesn't mean there's no work. Right. <laughs> That's totally true. Right? Like yeah. You're working so hard, and especially when you're getting that first book or the yes. first thing's published. You're working so, so, so hard, and you have literally nothing to you show for it. You have nothing right. to show for Except it. Except. It's true. Joy. Right. Yes. Just want to say. Well, yes. and, and to, just to make it clear, I don't want, as we're talking, I'm thinking, whoever's listening is probably thinking, quit whining. Like, how lucky <laughs> yeah, yeah. you are to have That's someone who's paying yeah. the bills. That's my point. That's yes. my point. But that, that, it's true. just different. It's just it's a different, different type and of it's pressure. Hard. And, yeah. and, you know, I know writers who um, won't even go away for, like, a residency mm. because they feel such guilt about, oh, I'm not contributing, and so how can right. I do this? And I'm always saying, no, no, you have to give yourself those gifts because that's when you are most connected to the work. And, and that's what helped your work. Exactly. Can you tell that story? Sure. Maybe? Yeah. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. So you go to Warren Wilson. Right. And you do very well there. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great time at Warren Wilson. And then some more time passes. <laughs> more time passes. <laughs> yeah, because it's that thing you get out, you're like, oh, I'm going to knock out this novel yeah. in three years. No and problem. then you look up and it's seven years. <laughs> and then you look up and it's nine years. So what's happening and during you're that working. time? I'm still, well, I'm raising kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a crap load of which work. Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, I had part-time jobs after Warren Wilson, you know, something writing related. Okay. I was in, you know, worked as an independent, I worked for an independent publisher part-time for a while. You know, um, I taught. I, I asked this because we're joking about being an overnight success mm-hmm. and we know there really isn't any such, no thing, such thing, rarely. Yeah even in the YouTube age. Yeah. But I'm curious as whether you were gradually increasing your profile in the literary world despite not having a novel yet. Yeah. You know, I decided that I wanted to, if I was going to invest my time, I would try to do it in something writer-related, mm-hmm. right? So, like the grotto, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, this was my community. And um, anything that I did outside of being at the desk that was the bargain that I made with myself. It had to be something connected to writing. So, you know, whether it was being on a board or volunteering or whatever, so it was in that realm of writing. So then seven years later, you finished the book? Oh, up? gosh. Let's say I graduated from Warren Wilson in 2007. Okay. You were already working on it at I was, that Oh, point? I was working yeah. on it the whole time. So I um, said it was 2009, 2000. Well, 1999 is when I quit my family business and left and started writing Queen Sugar. Mm-hmm. I actually sold the manuscript in 2011. Mm. So that was what? 11 years? 12. Ten, yeah. 12 He's years. Very fast. Yeah. Know. I'm not that my, fast. My secret, either. Yeah. My I don't even want to know how many yeah. years, but that's. Yeah. And wow, at what point did I'm you move up to the Bay Area? 2003. 2003. Okay. So you were already so living here. I was living here, yeah. working on the book still. You know, and did you tell people I'm working on a novel? Isn't that the worst? <laughs> yeah, I find it. Usually, Are you still yes. working on that novel? See, yeah. I find it usually shuts them up. <laughs> no, it's when they stop asking. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that it, yeah. That you really start to feel bad yeah. because well, now then you're scaring me. Yeah, then they're like they stopped asking because yeah. all you can think is they really don't even believe that I'm doing right. this right. anymore. They think, they're not going to uh, ask. Yeah. They don't want to do Yeah, but why yeah. would they? Right? Why would they? Right. That's true. Man, it must have been sweet. That was horrible. But I went to your book launch party. Uh-huh. It was the best book launch party I've ever oh, gone to, and I've gone you. to many. 
And because it was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it was well, just fun. Right? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, as writers, we have to have those things that we hold on to. And so many, over all those years, I would think, oh, my God, if I can just get this book published, I'm going to throw myself the best party yes. I can think of. But then, really of course, party. there's always that, if I could just get this finished. Yes. If I could just get an agent. If yes. I could just get it there's published. There's always something. There's yes. always something else. Always something. Yes. Always so, something. Uh, so, okay, Let, let's get to the legendary story then. Okay. Here we are. Okay. Book is not, <clears throat> is the book, so you're at, a, it was a... Um, Hedgebrook. Hedgebrook. Yes, I was in Is Hedgebrook. the book purchased yet? The book was purchased. The book had oh, been, okay. I had turned in the final edits. Okay. Oh, I didn't and it realize was, that. Yes. Okay. So this okay. was like 2013, around there. Okay. Um, I turned in the edits and it was that gap year between the, you know you turning in a final manuscript and the time it hits Everyone the takes shelf, a gap year. right? Everybody takes a gap year. So right. it was in that little pocket of time that I met Lee Haber at uh, Hedgebrook. And she, you know, after dinner, people read their work. And so I read part of a chapter, and she was she really liked it. And, and she said, I'm going to go tell Oprah. Well, she didn't say that to me. Oh, though. she didn't? No. All she said to me was. You'd be crazy to say that. Have, I know, because she, yeah. you know. Right. She can't. I can't right. deliver. I can't that. promise Oprah if I can't deliver Oprah. No. Yeah. So right. all she said was, you know, I really like what you read. And have Pam, my, my editor, have Pam send me a copy an advanced galley. So I was like, yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. <laughs> Didn't hear anything else. Yeah. That, and so the book came out. She got an advanced galley. And then she wrote to me and said, um, how would you like to write an article for O Magazine? And, you know, we'll try to time it so that it comes out when the book comes out. So I was like, yes. Yes, I'll do that. <laughs> yes. And then she followed up and said, oh, and by the way, we're going to review the book. In O Magazine. I was happy with that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's great. And then, so that was like February and March of 2014. And then I ran into her at uh, the LA Festival of Books in April. So the book had been out yeah. three months. Okay. So I had, I had the timeline wrong. Yeah. And she That's said amazing. to me then, oh, I want, you know, I've, I've given the book to the Harpo people, the own people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And she said, no promises. And yeah, honestly, yeah. What of course. She, promise, she right? couldn't promise anything. She yeah. couldn't promise Let me ask anything. you this. When this is all going on, uh-huh. sort of a, a peek into your own psyche, yeah. do you feel like, darn straight you gave it to them, or do you feel like, oh, my God, you're doing me this favor, and I don't even know why? Uh, yes. That, that's really the way I felt. It was like, I cannot believe you, you know are, why she are did being it? this kind of Because it was good. She loved it. Yeah. She, she loved it. She doesn't actually care about you. I mean, I'm sure you're very nice, and she likes you, but that's yes. the hard thing to remember. Yeah. You know? She'd lose her job like if she work. just did it because she liked you. The work, the work, the work, the work, the work, the work, the work. Yeah. Yeah. So from here, things seem to speed up. They did. They did really fast. A few months later, maybe in October, November of 2014, so the same year that the book came out, um, I got an an email from my agent saying, hey, we just heard from the Oprah people. (laughs) They want to offer the book. And that was the time when I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Because remember, I'd met Lee. Right. A few mm-hmm. months before. Although here's the thing, you hear about optioning. Yeah, I was just yes, say. we'll see. And that was the thing. Yes. That nothing was the thing. It, right? And that's what I had actually learned here at the Grotto. Right. Everyone you know, gets optioned. Everybody gets I mean, no one's well, optioned my book, I'm optioned. just saying. But but plenty yeah. of people do. Exactly. And, the and book nothing just happens. sits there. Right. And so I was like, <clears> Oh, okay. Well that's interesting. Um and then 
you know, a few months after that, maybe six or eight months. It took a long time where we didn't hear anything. Then uh, she, my agent called back and said, okay, they're going to make it into a TV series. I am dying. What does that phone call feel like? It was crazy. It was actually, at first it was an email. First it was an email, and then it was a call. And the call was, um, so this woman, Ava DuVernay, is trying to get in touch with you. <laughs> and are you like, Ugh. No, because she wasn't huge Ava. yet. She wasn't she there wasn't yet. Huge yet. Yeah. This was pre-Selma. Pre-Selma. Okay, because I feel like, Ava. I feel like, I, I found out, I that, found out about it when. She did little things, but no big things. When Selma had just come out. Right. So that mm-hmm. must have been just a little while after that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Ava so, who? <laughs> kind of. I Only mean, she's the biggest thing on earth right She's now. huge. It's she's crazy. huge. Yeah. She's huge. Okay, so I want to slow down here for a yeah. second, though. I'm so excited. Think, things are starting to move really fast. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, getting a little, to, like, it's getting breathe. a little heady. Yeah. I'm going to put my NPR voice back okay. on. This whole time this is going on, is this anything you had imagined would happen what were your expectations for publishing your first novel? My expectations were, first, please, let somebody take this book. Please. Because I've gotten a lot of rejection. I, I, I didn't share that with you, but 2009 was like the darkest summer of my life because I'd sent the book out. I'd been working on it for 10 years, and I got nothing but no's. That's really and important to hear. It was it was horrible. Yeah. yeah, I was so down that whole summer. So what do you do? Do you think? Do you get to the point where you think, scrap it, start over? Do what can I, I do? I actually had to somebody make it? tell me that. Scrap it. Just yeah. Maybe you're. I next actually one. had a first novels often get don't publish or don't, yes. don't get published. Yes. Yeah. I had a freelance editor, a young woman who had. Um, uh, I guess she had been let go from Random House. I don't know if she was let go or or if she left. Anyway. Mm-hmm. She was working freelance, and a friend of mine had used her for freelance work mm-hmm. and said, I swear by this woman, you've got to use her. And I gave her Queen Sugar. She read it, and she said, well, at least you have this. Now you can start over. That was my summer of 2009. It was terrible. I just want you to know, I've been there. <laughs> and... What like do do? the crying jags are real. Oh, they're real. You know, I yeah. mean. Oh, Bridget, it was horrible. Absolutely I, devastating. It was devastating. Yeah. I walked around for three days not even being able to see straight. I, I was so. And you have. I was so a, And you have other responsibilities. Oh, yeah. You Life can't goes just on. Be right. And you also no, can't complain no. to the people around you. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like it was It was always a shot in the dark or something, always. you know? So always. they Nobody don't understand the reality of it. Book. No. No, oh you're just God. doing this on a whole Okay, so you prayer. just stick with it? I stuck with it. Or do you do it. another, do you do a big rewrite? Do you I did I did many big rewrites. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's many, the same. Sean did many. the same thing. But what did yeah. you have to find in yourself to be able to say, no, nah, I think I'm going to stick with it? You know what? At the heart of it, Larry, I just believed in my gut that there was a little kernel of something about this book, about the story, mm-hmm. that if I could just stick to that kernel, maybe people, it would resonate with people. That's all I knew. It was just like a hunch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's something here. I may not be telling it right, right, but there's something here and I cannot walk away. Not yet. Not yet. I can also imagine when you've created a world mm-hmm. that you yes. feel a responsibility to make sure those characters live. Absolutely. The, the world was entirely real to me. Right. You know? 
I I knew those characters. Mm-hmm. I lived with those characters every day. It's for it's kind a of a decade or more. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing all that, but I I have a book that died. Yeah. And I felt the same way. Well, and you know, people ask me that. They you know, sometimes people will say, you know, I've been working on this book forever yeah, I'd, and I'd had enough. And yeah, and and I just think that's such a personal decision. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell people you're right. It's time to put that away and start over. Mm -hmm. Because I always think, well, what if I had done that? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what if I had, I was getting to that point, you know, I think had I done another round of revisions or maybe another round of submissions to agents and nobody had taken it, maybe I would have said, you know what, okay, forget it. And I would have gone on to something else. where would you have found the strength to start another novel? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But people do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're both guys and you just, next. I know, that's what happened to me. Um, I think you have to get really cold. I'm, I'm curious, so how, maybe speaking from experience, how does this reflect on your family? Mm. And how do they handle it? How does your husband say, well, does he say, don't listen to him, keep going? Or does he say, maybe they're right? He never said anything discouraging. Mm-hmm. Never. He always, I, and I think it's because I'm so hard on so myself. Nice. He's very kind. But, and, and also, I was just so hard on myself. I mean, I, for example, I remember when I finally got an agent. And I was standing on the street corner in New York. I was in New York when she called to say that she wanted to work with me. But I was so tired and, like, so emotionally kind of frail (laughs) that I could not even celebrate. And my family was like, we're going out (laughs) for a glass of champagne. And I could not do it because all I could think was, okay, I have to keep going. What's the next step? I've got it. You know, and so my husband actually and my daughters and close friends are actually much better about saying to me, wait a minute, we need to mark the Let's celebrate, yeah. Let's celebrate. Because I never do. Although, I mean, although you could say, I mean, that may be a lesson for young writers. Mm -hmm. Don't rest. You have to to celebrate the small things. I do do think that's true, too. I think that's true, too. Because, Because you could get the agent and they might not. By the book. Exactly. Right. That's right? true. Oh, this, right. this might be the so apex. Much, <laughs> there's so much disappointment, right? And the fact is, getting an agent is it's hard. It is, it's a it is big hard. deal. And it's an endorsement of your work, a yes. huge endorsement of your yes. work. But it is still no guarantee. But it's no guarantee. And so, I mean, it really is not. No. And so, it is, I agree. It's important to celebrate the yeah, small you have victories. To, because that's what keeps you going. Ultimately, those little mm-hmm. gifts, those little yeah. celebrations, we, we that's have what to, keeps you going. We have to measure success differently than Absolutely. normal workforce yeah. people do. <laughs> it's like true. not by money. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not by money, not by <laughs> praise, <laughs> not by... Not by promotion <laughs> or performance reviews <clears throat> or any of that <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. No. It's just, yay, yay, <laughs> but you know what? If you were to tell most people, I was standing on a street corner in New York and the phone rang and it was a woman saying she wanted to be an agent to represent yeah. my first that's, novel. You're living the life. That would be a great thing for most people. They would be like, that's that is true. a great thing to hear, you know? That's and that's true. actually why it's hard to talk about the writing life with people outside of writing yes. because you just sound like a complainer. A complainer. Right. And you're, but understand not. that once you get that phone call and they say, I want to be your agent, you're, you're already beating 80% of the yes, people who are trying. Right. It's probably more. Probably yeah, more. I think yeah. it's way more. more. I think yeah. it's way more. Well, Yay. Okay, so what year is that? That was like 2000, well, uh, that was earlier. That was like 2011, after, yep. after the 10, bad, 11, 2009. right. 
before years after later. the dark summer, but before the the dawn, the, the, the dawn. right? Okay. Before the, <laughs> now the we glorious can get back, dawn. We, we now it. we can guess. Yeah. Now we can get back to the speeding up part. So. Yes. Okay, I get so excited. Like so you're optioned. Pass. I'm optioned. Yes, and uh, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. Yeah. They're going to make it into a television show. How did you feel about that versus a movie? Well, you know, I think most writers, at least in the old days, right, it wasn't most good. writers thought feature film. Right. That was right, like right. that was like the gold ring. Of yeah. course, of course. Television it was like, huh? R- really? But we're already deep into the era of prestige TV. By I know. It's now. been uh, The Sopranos. 2014. The Sopranos, yes. Breaking Bad. The yes, Wire. Yes, But none yes. of those are but adapted from something else. That's true. That didn't make a difference. Okay. I just, in my mind, I... I was thinking feature film, if anything, in yeah. in my as yeah. my friend says, of my course. pornographic literary fantasy. Yes, uh-huh. literary porn was was yeah. okay. Feature film, maybe. I never thought TV, just because. Of the, course, no, the, I totally get the it. The book had yeah. a, a, but, an arc, right? But you know, now, and a beginning and, and an end. Like, oh, okay. But right. now, in, in in now that you're seeing how it plays out, is there any uh-huh. part of your ego that goes? That's right. Too big of a story for a movie. <laughs> you know, I was thinking exactly the opposite. I was thinking I'd be watching like season three and me going, he would not do that. Well, yeah. that does there's, come there's up. A, there's, there's a yeah. little bit of that. There, and every now and then. your character. Yeah. But I've read yeah. some other interviews with her. You say you just kind of let it go. and I had to. Yeah. I mean, again, thank God for the grotto, right? Because people here were like, okay, listen, they're going to make it different. <laughs> so... Just understand right. that going in. Which right. is hard given that you care enough about the world you created to not yes. give up on it all those years That's ago. True. That's true. And now you have but to let also, go of it. But also because I had lived with those characters so long and because the book, the book, not the series, but the book was like the best version of what I had ever imagined. Mm-hmm. I was like at peace yes. because the book was, the, you know, it was like my I had delivered this thing to the world that was pretty close to what I had always hoped it would be. And so that actually made it easier for me to let go for the series because I felt like I, I did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now I can hand it off and watch what somebody else is going to do. I was going to say, are you intrigued with what they've done with the character? I am. I am. Where it's interesting gone? to see, yeah, some of the, the narrative choices that they've made. I understand why they've made them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in order to be able to pivot and address social issues say, and things, moving. to keep it moving. <clears throat> but it's also such a compliment that you created characters that they cared enough about to go, well, yeah, we like this story, but we want to know more. We yes. want to see them do yes. more stuff. We want to fill out these lives even more. Yeah. yeah. But how about yeah. the fact that, okay, not only does it then get optioned for a television show and all of these wonderful developments for the characters for the book, but that people who are so incredible are the ones developing it. Yeah. I mean, mm. could you, in your wildest imagination, imagine people not just who are big names, mm-hmm. but are so deeply committed to yeah. a vision that's fantastic. Right. right. And like that made when, it easier. Yeah. I mean, I, it just, it must just be satisfying. Well, it was because, you know, I mean, I like I often think of a story I heard years ago about Alice Walker when The Colored Purple was made into oh, a movie, yeah. which I loved. I what loved did she think? Movie. I don't know. I don't. I, she did or not does like not, the movie. I'll bet not. Yeah. Oh, really? She, I don't. If I remember correctly, I, she I, was not wild about it. I, I feel like I remember that somewhere yeah. in the back of my mind too. And I think that happens a lot. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. that happens a lot where people are not satisfied with. The, the adaptation or the... Oh, yeah. I know Tobias you know? Wolf is not psyched about this boy's life. Right. Yeah. You know, and because you're... It's it's somebody else's vision mm-hmm. for your work. And 
if it's not in sync. Actually, that just happened with, um, I read an article about uh, the author who wrote um, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yes. Andre Asselman, who I love. Right. He didn't I like the love movie? him. Yeah. But you know it's what? It's different. It's, it's different, different, but also... <clears throat> I, I, he, he acknowledges it's better. I just read this in a Vanity Fair well, article. I, I, Not better, but it's he likes it. You know yeah. what must be hard it's is that you know, movies and TV are such collaborative. They're right. collaborative. Right. They have to be some to often bigger and shinier right. than literary fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did you picture subtle? your characters all being so good looking? <laughs> of course. Like that show is like shiny. Yeah, it, is. it is. very, it is very shiny. Like, very, you know. Really attractive yes. people. Yes. Everything you, is like ramped up, you know. And your next book when you create a character say, so and so is very unattractive. Exactly. The exactly. giant nose. She looks normal in a dress. Right. right, right. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's, and it's so funny because. Maybe everything like that. I don't know. Um, I was on the set, actually, for episode one of season one. Oh, that'd be cool. And it was very cool. It was very cool. Now, that was that a good day. Cool. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, a good yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Ava DuVernay was joking with me. She's like, yeah, you're Charlie Bordelon is, you know, driving around in some broken down old <laughs> Volvo and mine's driving a Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> and that's television, right? That's television. That is television. TV. For sure, for yeah. sure. All right, so let's get to Oprah. Yes. The, the Oprah in the room. Mm-hmm. I read about the the overnight, the, the sleepover, yes, sleepover, the play date. So we're not, we're not telling tales. Yes. Right. So tell us how that came about. And, and in this case, I guess my question would be, so in a, an organization like Harpo, uh-huh. does Oprah sign off on everything? You know, that's interesting. Um, I don't know, but I would think so. Did they call her the big O? They... Ms. Winfrey. Ms. Winfrey. Oh, they call God, her Ms. Big, Ms. Oh, Ms. Winfrey. I like that. I bet they yeah. do. I bet they do call it behind too. her back. It's classy. Ms. You know Winfrey. Oh Ms. no, Winfrey. I thought you meant the big O. No, I know what that means. Okay, good. Yeah. I was just checking. <laughs> 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 yeah, they call it with me. Yeah, that's a, as um, it should be. I assume she signs off on everything. I don't know. The thing mm-hmm. I wanted to know about the sleepover is: Did you have to call your husband and say, "Is it okay if I don't come home tonight and sleep over with Oprah?" Wants me to stay over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did you just? It was like, so funny. Deal, deal. <laughs> well, it was so funny because the way that whole came, thing came about um, after they optioned the book, about a year goes by, nine months, yeah. something like that, and then uh, Ava calls me. And said, um, so I want to tell you I've made some changes to the story. Did your blood run cold or was it like I've let go? Uh, It was like, let me just sit and listen. Yep. Let me me not. Smart. Let me just listen. And she told me the changes that she'd made. And at the end of that conversation, she said, Ms. Winfrey sends her regards. Uh, And then she said, then she emailed me back and said, she wants to know if you can come and uh, come to her house on Monday. This was a Saturday morning. Oh, now, what was this? She got, and you don't say no. I know. Are you going to say, like, well, actually, next weekend's better for me. <laughs> but did she just want to check you out? Or did she want to talk I about that's interesting, right? elements like, of the show? Or? No. I, I, I don't. I, I think. Or, or. I think she just wanted to check me out and, and you know, be gracious. And I thought I maybe she was living out every reader's fantasy. Like, I want to hang out with this person. I want to have him over. Yeah. Let's hang out. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a, a fan. Yeah. yeah, she's, she's a, a huge reader. reader. Yeah, she's and a reader. I could see that. Like, yeah. you're kind of a fan. Wouldn't but so how awesome? is that? Yeah, she how, did say how is that for you going in there? And tr- I mean, I don't know how starstruck of a person you are. Right. And I know you already had a relationship with Anna. With Ava. Ava, Ava sorry. So you were sort of and stepping up. Yeah, but you were incrementally stepping up toward Oprah Land. And you're from L.A. 
Yeah, but this is a different it's LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, first of all, it's Santa Barbara. Yeah, it's, yeah. Santa, Santa Barbara. it's Montecito. Yeah, it's Montecito. It's Montecito. Montecito. And Oprah's not only famous; she's beloved. She's right. beloved. Right. She is. Right. Right. She is. You know, is there yes. anyone who doesn't? Oh, never mind. I answered my own question. What? Who doesn't like Oprah? But then I remembered. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't political, know. political reality. Oh, okay. right, right. Oh. Um, yes, but for the most part, she's, I don't even think those people dislike Oprah. I, exactly. Exactly. I think that she is probably. One of the most beloved living figures. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, so you're yeah, just gonna true. go hang out. You're just gonna hang yeah, out. Carry just on. Go, 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 go hang out at her house. Did, were you like checking your teeth in the mirror before you like out of your well, car? And so they like that? no, they flew me down. Of course, I'm so stupid. Of course they fly you down. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course you don't drive there. You don't drive. No, dumb. they they flew me down and picked me up at the Santa Monica uh, Santa Barbara Airport and drove me to her house and. And what's the proper level of blaséness or deference? Or you deference. know, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you. It was so surreal <laughs> that you're at least I was kind of relaxed because in the only moment when I thought I'm about to meet Oprah Winfrey was so the limousine pulls up to her mansion, her booth, her, uh, no, her the guard her, booth, the estate. Yeah. Yes, it pulls up to the guard booth, <laughs> the grounds, and then pulls they, onto the grounds, onto the grounds, and then you pull up and you drive through the grounds and you pull up to the house and. You know, I got out and and they took my bag and walked me up to, up the stairs to the house and and uh, her assistant welcomed me and said, you know, welcome to the promised land because that's what the promise oh. is called. Oh my god! At least it's on Never Never Land. I know. I hear bad things yeah. happen there. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the promised land, uh, and then I'll take your bag. And then I'm standing kind of like in the doorway, and he looked over and he said, "Oh, Miss Winfrey would like to say hello." And then I heard right her away. voice. Yeah. And that was the only moment in that 24 hours when I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm about to meet Oprah Winfrey. I'm about to meet Oprah Winfrey. But then it was like, fine. And there she was, because there she's just a there person. There she was, and she's yeah. just a person. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, warm and welcoming and down to earth. And Did she want to talk about the book or just hang out? She more wanted, that's a good question. I've, I've thought about that a lot. You know, what did she want? Mm-hmm. I think she wanted to, um, well, extend, you know, be gracious and extend her thanks. Um, maybe she wanted to see what kind of person I was. I would, I, I would you know, that. I would think you would want to know. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think so. To get a hit so. of who, who am I going to be? Right. Like, who am I going to be? Who are we getting with? involved with? Yeah. Who are we getting involved with? I yeah. think that's. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Good business. Okay, so I don't want to run out of time mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to know what sort of good type of slap in the face is it mm. to all of a sudden be author of the book turned into the series, mm. and mm. then what happens next? Uh, I want to talk about that, what too. What happens next? What happens next is what I want to talk How about. How is your standing yeah. in the community that you've already been a part of mm-hmm. as the next big thing? You know... What what has been really fun for me is a to be in a community where people are engaged in that same struggle, and so mm-hmm. it's like when somebody makes it over the fence, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. <laughs> They're like, Seth, could you, you reach down to me? Exactly. You know, which I'm happy to do. Right. Totally. Because totally. people, I honestly, I would not be here if people mm-hmm. here had not extended. Right. Just They're to make a it hand to me. clear to the listeners, she is talking about the grotto. I'm right talking now. about the yes. grotto, right? But can I just say that Natalie is the reason my kids are out of school I love because mm. I had an emotional breakdown in the kitchen <laughs> not that long after coming here. 
she didn't you didn't we hardly knew each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and like so it's not just literary it's, it's, it's like saying everything. dude yeah. i get it it's yeah. overwhelming it's scary here's how you do it i like, want you to know that Bridget it's has huge. a lot of stories about things in the kitchen with people mm-hmm. in the grotto, I'm giving her guidance. Hang out. You must hang out in the kitchen. I think but, you do. But I do think it says a lot about the kind of people who are here, yes. the kind of people who who are around each other, but also the kind of willingness to pitch in and help because that has yes. nothing to do with literature. Right. That has to do with human connection that's and right. just putting yourself out there. And that's an amazing thing. Yes, it's okay. a real gift. There is a world that exists outside the grotto, too. Right, right. The larger literary but world. That's anyone true. can do that for each other. That's oh, yeah, true. totally. Yeah. No, I meant specifically oh, yeah. for Natalie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so your question is what happens next? What happens yeah. after? <laughs> what happens next? You what, get back what to now? work. Yeah. You get back to you work. Get, are the expectations scary. different? Um, uh, yes, I think so. I mean, in the sense that, well, two things. My expectations are different for me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm putting more pressure on myself than anyone else, right? But you wrote a great book for your first book. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. What? Well, see, now the expectations what are... What you do for an encore? No, it's not so much that. It's more like, okay, now you know a little bit of something. Mm. So let's not make the same mistakes for book two that you made for book one, right? And that could be anything. Like mm-hmm. That could be like, okay, this time you're going to outline. You're not going to feel mm. your way through, right? I mean, it, it could be right. those little things. Or like, you should know this. You should be able to come w- up with this. Uh, I was curious as it's to whether, oh, it's so horrible. whether your process has changed after this. Um, no, my process has not changed. The thing that has really changed is I feel more comfortable trusting my instincts, Right. Mm -hmm. That that it's like, okay, I've done this before. I know what I feel like when I when I feel like I'm on the story or like when the characters coming together. Last time I didn't know that Mm -hmm. this time I know what that feeling is like. But what's harder this time is the pressure that I put on myself in the wake of this book. Right. Not to make it bigger or anything like that, but just to like use my knowledge and like get to it mm-hmm. and and you can't do that and and i'll be honest for the first year of working on this new novel uh, and i don't even know if it's been two years or three years or one year i don't know but i worked myself up into such a lather about what i should know and what i should be doing and oh my god i'm behind and i should be farther along and all this kind of stuff that i just was paralyzed Almost. I can totally see that. Well, that's year. what I think would be challenging is that, you know, you have your whole life to write your first novel, they always exactly. say. And exactly. And then you have a couple of years to do your second one. Exactly. And, yes. and do you feel like you have less time? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of requests on your time yeah. now that you didn't yes. have before. Yes, and that, I think, is the biggest thing. How do you I, manage that? I need to know. I have to say no. Yeah. It's gotten, it, and it's not like, you, you know, every day no, but I, I have, listen. it's not like every single moment you I have, have to prioritize. My, but I have to prioritize. And, and things that I would have said yes to and been so happy to right. do right. before, I have, have to, to say, I, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, I can't do it. <clears throat> the book's not getting written. Right. And, and I don't know if you had a multi-book deal when you Mm-mm. first signed. So what are the expectations from your publisher now? Are they different? I don't think so. I mean, you know, they're happy to publish the next book. They mm-hmm. have expressed interest, even though we don't have a deal. Mm-hmm. Um and I would be happy, happily go with them again. I'm putting the pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm doing that. I'm saying, okay, it's been three years. Right, right. You know, get, you on got? Yeah. get on it. Mm-hmm. I would you wonder know? how 
I would be curious to know the difference in how this one is marketed. Well, that's the thing. And and here's the thing. I think for for this new book, I what what I appreciate and what I'm grateful for is now I can go in and say, okay, look, right. this is how right. the book the first book did. You know, let's let maybe mm-hmm. I have a little bit more negotiating power oh, this time 100%. around. Yeah, you're a proven commodity. Yes, it's yes. everything. Yes, and it's that's everything. and that's what I am, you know, hoping for. But again, the book's got to be good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't want to have that sophomore book where people are like, uh, oh, sophomore slump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. she really didn't do that well. And like you know, and I, I don't, I don't know how this works. But once you've had something option that became a TV show, mm-hmm. are they looking for the next one? Like, ooh. Um, the next TV show? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if they're looking. I'm kind of looking. Oh. Yeah. I'm kind of looking. You like I'm that gonna, uh, TV show thing. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like What's that. What's there not to like? You know? Really? And so it's not that I'm writing this new book yeah. for television, but I think it's more I am maybe thinking about this and other projects, mm-hmm. you know? And yes. to the extent that I'm I'm writing this one I have a dream of it, if this book could be a book and something else, oh. right? Yeah, I, I'm writing it more with that, mm-hmm. just out there. So, do you, when you do that, do you get to the point where you're writing more? I, would it be cinematically or visually? I'm already a cinematic. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a say. movie junkie anyway. Yeah. I'm, I see things visually, so I think that's already kind of in the, in would the mix. Do you see yourself? Doing more of if if it, if it were to be adapted, for example, to a movie or to a television show, would you imagine doing the adaptation? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You took that question from me. I was thinking of asking oh, it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I'm, and, and actually, just as, yeah, just as kind of an exercise. Once I get this first draft down, that's what I am going to do. Is so is write the book and then I've never written a screenplay, right? Yeah. But I'm going to try. Right. I mean, it seems very that. intimidating for that reason. It's its yes. own language, its own form, it's but at the totally same time. Pretty tempting. Why not? Yeah. It feels, screenplays yeah. always felt so mathematic to me. Mm-hmm. Mathematical. Yeah, like yeah. you kind of put the pieces together right. and they right, sort right, of right. all add up for, to something. For me, one of the tricks of kind of breaking through it to another level of narrative was realizing that all writing is like that. Well, that you have mm-hmm. your secret weapon on your bookshelf. I do have my secret weapon. What's your secret weapon? My secret weapon, I'm embarrassed to say, is Story by... Oh, Robert <laughs> McKee! Yeah. I love that book! I know, I mean, it. it I, I, so I was on a plane to Chile, <laughs> and I thought, I'm never going to end up reading this book, mm-hmm. and I outlined the entire book and took 40 mm-hmm. pages of notes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and decided I would write something guided by the kind of principles in it yes. and it transformed my narrative. Yes. I totally it. agree. Bridget, I did the same thing. I didn't I didn't read it and outline it, but I took it with me uh, and had it on my desk during one of the last yeah. major revisions. Yeah. And I I even took his workshop. I, okay. Oh Wait, gosh. is that the one they lampooned in? Um, I'm sure. Oh yeah. The, oh, it's its in, own thing. In, in Reconstruction or no? No, the Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, thinking. Of, I just have the wrong. I have yeah. the wrong name. But um, ad- adaptation. 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 Reconstruction. Yes. Who knows where that came from? Um, you know, <laughs> that would be a slave movie. <laughs> oh yeah, not that. <laughs> or an REML. Or an REML. It. It, it, when you're a young writer, that's everything you don't want to hear. That's right. That mm-hmm. there's some formula. Right. But the thing is, it's a formula the same way pi is a formula. Exactly. It's like a mystical <laughs> yes. portal into yes. universal order. Yes, yes. <laughs> it just helps you think about yeah. things yes. differently. Well, for, for a writer like me, 
though I haven't read, I have it and I haven't read it. Get on a plane. My strength is scenes mm-hmm. and styles, not but outline and plot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that but is, that like, is no, that's plot. what I'm saying. I should read it because maybe that can give me the skeleton. That's all yes. plot and is. And I get to fill in the inside. Yes, yes. that's right. That's, that's right. When I teach writing, mm-hmm. I really teach that thinking. Yes. Like just the structural, structural yeah. thinking. Yeah. yeah. Because um, it's scaffolding, part, right? right? I mean, you, can, yeah. you have to have it. That's what you I was trying to, to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's fun. I want to hear about it's that good. class. We can talk about that later. Good, because unfortunately we're about oh, out of time. Oh, so sad. This was really fun. Thank you for coming. Yeah. It's so fantastic you. to see Thanks you. Thanks for having me. I will me. speak for both of us. Say we really enjoyed having you Thank in you. here. Before we go... Uh, why don't you tell the listeners if you have a website, which I know you do because I was looking at it last night. Mm-hmm. Website, uh, Twitter, right? All of so the, above. the website is nataliebazil.com. Uh, you the, better spell Bazil for oh, them. Oh, Bazil. B A S is in Sam. Z I L E. There's that little S. There's in that there. little S Z thing. <laughs> I like uh, that. Instagram is at in Bazil. Uh, I think that's my Twitter handle, too. In Brazil. In Brazil, right. That's the good thing about having a name that not everyone Hey, and here's something we don't get to do. Where can we find uh, Queen Sugar on the TV? (laughs) You can find Queen Sugar on OWN, the the Open Winfrey Network. Network. You can also find it on, I believe, um, either Hulu or Amazon Prime. So you can get season one, and I believe you can get season two. On those, and they're I filming like season it's three. For I think sure. it's Amazon. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, if you fly Delta, I understand they. <laughs> yes, it is. Delta. I believe I saw it on Delta. Yeah. yeah. Not that so, long ago. Right. That's that is crazy, dude. Crazy, crazy. to <laughs> penetrate the culture that much must just be heady stuff. It's fun. What are you, okay, it's I know fun. we're leaving, but what do your daughters think? Oh well, so they they think it's pretty cool. That's now. Cool. They didn't all these years, but when I took them to the set, finally oh. they were like, "Okay, mom is cool." Yeah, mom wins. <laughs> okay, now okay, this is this it. is good. How old now are they? Well, now they are. You don't even want to know. Uh, Nineteen and twenty-two. Our our older daughter will be twenty-three on oh on Saturday. Wow! Oh my gosh! On Saturday, she'll be twenty-two things, or they twenty-three. Just, they keep getting older. Yeah, I, know. I won't even tell you how young they were when I started this whole thing. Isn't that incredible? I can do math. I figured it out. Um, (laughs) He's very fast. BQ? Okay. uh, BQ, unfortunately, Bridget Quinn, not an uncommon name. So you can find... No silent S. (laughs) No silent S. You can find me at BQuinterest. Quinn has two N's. On Instagram or on Twitter or at BridgetQuinnAuthor.com. And Larry Rosen, you know, so such... There's well-trodden ground, that name. Larry Rosen authors. God, there's so many. So i got to be that Larry Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, no website on my own, but of course you can go to Is It Good for the Jews if you want to listen to me talk about Jews on another podcast. <laughs> and not this one. That's what I do when I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. As for the Grotto Pod, uh, you can find us on Twitter at The Grotto Pod. And you can email us at grottopod at gmail. And find us on Facebook, Grotto Pod. And... Our website, of course, is grottopod.com. Wow. Pretty simple. So if you got anything, anyone you want to thank? I do. I would like to thank our partners, Babylon Salon, San Francisco's premier literary series. Did that sound a little NPR-y? Mm, slow it down. Oh, okay, slower. And the San Francisco Public yeah, Library. Yeah, now we're talking. Okay. I also want to thank 
Beth Weingarner, Lee Kravitz, and Lori Ann Doyle, and Sugartown for our music. This has been All Things Considered. No, I'm kidding. It's just Some Things Considered. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. You know what? People need to be like Natalie. And do what? They need to read, write, and just keep working. 